As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Whispering Streets. And here is Betty Davis. Hello. Monica Raymond enjoys her career as a radio personality, but sometimes, in fact, quite often, She thought of the career she might have had as a wife and a mother. Now, as Monica and her secretary sat at a desk opening fan mail from listeners... Must be a couple of hundred, Monica. How did you ever dream up the idea? Monica Raymond against music telling... <laughs> stories for children from six to sixty. No, it just came to me, I guess. The funny part of it is you don't like children. The day that young town man brought his little boy to the studio, you... Brushed right past him. He was holding out his arms to you and... Monica? What's the matter? I love children now. I'm afraid to show it. When a youngster holds out his arms to me, I just get all quivery inside. I back away and try to cover it up with a wisecrack if I can think of one fast enough. I don't get it. Laurel, I'm going to tell you something that nobody knows. Nobody on the studios, that is. I'm a widow. I once had a child of my own. But everybody calls you Miss Raymond. Where's the child? I said I had a child. Mal and I... My husband's name was Malcolm. Mal and I lived in the suburbs, and one night after everybody was asleep, there was a fire. Defective wiring, they said. Mal carried me down the stairs. The, the baby's room was on the ground floor, and we thought the nurse had the baby outside. And then we saw the nurse all alone. So Mal darted back into the house, and I tried to rush after him, but a fireman caught me and held me. And then the roof caved in. It's the most awful thing I ever heard. So that's why... That's why I want to tell stories to children. And, paradoxically, why I want to avoid contact with children. When a woman's loved and lost, Laurel, she's, she's afraid to love again. For fear she'll lose again. That's why I cover myself outside with a veneer of sophistication. I'll get it. Since you told me what you told me, I feel all gone in the pit of my stomach. Monica Raymond's apartment. Yes, I'll see. 
It's Michael Truesdale, Monica. Oh, again. The third time he's called today. Hello, Mickey. No, I don't want to have dinner with you tonight. No, I, I can't accept a weekend invitation to your cottage at the beach. Well, no, I, I won't. I can't. Why? Well, well, I'm going out of town this weekend. No, you can't drive me where I'm going. I'm, I'm awfully sorry, Mickey. I appreciate all your offers, but the answer is no. Goodbye. He's a very important producer, but he's just a pest to me. But won't he discover you haven't gone out of town? Well, somebody's bound to ask me to go somewhere. You know, just out of sheer cussedness, I'll, I swear I'll accept the first invitation that comes my way. Anything to keep away from Michael Truesdale. Well, how about getting on with the letters, hmm? Okay. Um, here's one from a little boy who's promised to eat his spinach. If you'll send him your picture, his name's Harold. And um, here's one from a man who's going to see his old sweetheart after 20 years. He wants a copy of that poem you read yesterday about love lasting forever. Well, yes. And uh... <laughs> here's your invitation, Monica. My invitation? Get a load of this. We listen to you every evening right after supper, Miss Raymond, and we've taken a fancy to you. We've even got it doped out what you look like. You have white hair and a sweet smile. White hair and a sweet smile? <laughs> oh, my. Our farm's in a valley surrounded by mountains. We've read that the city's having a heat wave, and so, well, Miss Raymond, we're wondering if you'll visit us for a spell. Uh, we can promise fresh air and country food. It will probably do you worlds of good. <laughs> So, I guess you're all set. What on earth are you talking about, Laurel? Do you really suggest that I spend the weekend with strangers? In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back again. But first, four Navy ships arrived off the coast of Colombo, Ceylon. The USS Duxbury, USS Princeton, USS Sutherland and USS Henderson. They were there to take part in the rescue work made necessary by one of the worst floods in the history of Ceylon. Over 300 tons of food were offloaded and dispatched to the disaster areas. 160 tons were airlifted to the helicopters of the Princeton. Medical teams from all the Navy ships immunized thousands of people to prevent epidemic outbreaks. They also purified the drinking water. After five days of 24 hours a day work, the floodwaters receded and the emergency passed. The spirit and teamwork displayed by these Navy men gave us all a thought to remember. We are Americans. As we go, so goes America. And now back to our story with Betty Day. Monica stared at her secretary with a look expressing both surprise and disapproval. She reached for the fan letter that Laurel, her secretary, had just read. Remember, Monica, you swore that you'd accept the first invitation that came your way. And here it is, made to order. Well, good heavens, Laurel. I, I don't even know this person. Let's see, his name is Dennis Maxwell. Probably an old farmer. He and his wife go in the children of 60 class. Laurel, he's enclosed a timetable and a railroad ticket. 
Well, what do you know? A farm in the valley sounds divine. And the country food town sounds like 10 pounds back to distribute it. It's only for a weekend. Be a good sport. Go. You said you were. Well, now a joke's a joke, Laurel. Says it by wine. He'll meet me at the depot. The place is called Simpson's Corners. That sounds like deep country. Truly rural. Oh, dear. Hello? Oh, uh, yes, Mr. Truesdale. Well, no, Mr. Truesdale. I think she's going away. L uh, no, I don't think you should come Maybe here. Mickey? Mickey, I wish you'd stop bothering me. No. No, I won't change my mind. Of course I'm going away, just like I said. Where? Uh, to, to a place you never heard of. It, it's way out in the country. Uh, Simpson's Corner, if you're interested. Well, some friends have invited me to visit them on their country estate. Please excuse me, Mickey. I'm right back. Well, that's that. The die, so to speak, is cast, Lord. Monica already had some programs recorded on tape in case of an emergency, so she wired Dennis Maxwell to meet her. She told him she'd accept his invitation for the weekend. But the moment the train pulled out of the city terminal, she told herself she was being an idiot. Two days, possibly three, with a pathetic old couple would be an eternity. She was angry at herself and at her secretary by the time she stepped off the train. She stood on the depot platform, tapping her foot. You can't be Miss Raymond. You're young and pretty, but... Well, you're the only lady who got off the train. Are... Are you Dennis Maxwell? Well, you look like Cary Graham. If you know my name, you want to be Miss Raymond, but... You don't look quite the way we pictured you. Well, the line about white hair and a sweet smile tickled me, so I just played along with it. Yeah, well, you're more like something off a magazine cover, Miss Raymond. <laughs> My car's at the other end of the platform. We'll have supper as soon as we get to the farm. The hired girl cooks supper, and we usually eat early so she can go home while it's still light, but I, um... I guess she'd better stay nights as long as you're with us, being as how, Being uh, as how... What? Well, let's get going, Mr. Maxwell. Well, this way, Miss Freeman. Give me that bag. I, uh, I reckon I didn't tell you in my letter that I'm a widower, Miss Raymond. Mm -hmm. That's why I guess it's better if the hired girl stays all night, sort of as a, a chaperone. <laughs> the visit wasn't my idea, Miss Raymond. It was Beth's and Jackie's. Well, who are Beth and Jackie? My children. Your children? Oh. Uh, how old are they? Well, Jackie's seven, Beth's six. Here's a car. I'll put your bag in the back seat. In you go, Miss Raymond. I reckon the kids will be just as surprised when they see you as I was. I... I didn't dream you had children. I wonder why I didn't say something about them in my letter. They're really wonderful kids, Miss Raymond. You fond of children? Well... Oh, but of course you must be. They wouldn't be so crazy about your stories. Well, I'm glad they like my stories. 
If they didn't, I'd be out of a job. <laughs> business is business. <laughs> this is a very nice road. It's all dappled with sunlight. Maxwell and Monica Raymond were almost completely silent for half an hour. Dennis asked an occasional question. Monica replied with a yes or no. And then the car climbed a steep grade and as it came down on the other side. That's my farm over there in the valley, Miss Raymond. The White House with the red outbuildings across the road from it. Well, it's almost too far to see. There's so many trees. Does the house have green shutters? No, blue. Hold tight, Miss Raymond. I always coast when I come to this last hill that brings the car right up to the gate. We're close to the jumping off place, Miss Raymond. It's a nice jumping off place. Yeah, it's peaceful, anyhow. It's very peaceful. Are, uh, are both your children hanging on the gate? Beth and Jackie? Yeah, uh-huh. Jackie's holding out his puppy so you can see it first thing, and Beth has her doll in her arms that... Miss Raymond, I, I've got to tell you something before we meet my kids. Oh, okay, go ahead. It's your voice. When you read poetry, you sound the way they think their mother's voice sounded. They they don't remember her, really. She died long ago. But it, Well, it's all kind of mixed up and unexplainable, but children are queer. Grown-ups are queer, too. Yeah, folks get goofy ideas without meaning to do it. Hey, Jackie, Beth! Here's your friend. Your hair is white. Right the first time, Your Beth. hair is yellow. You want, you want my puppy to sleep on your bed. <laughs> well, Jackie, yes, that's a good one. Take it easy, youngster. One at a time. <laughs> I'm Jackie here to be yellow, and I want to kiss you. I want to kiss you, too. No. No, keep away from me. I have a kitty. You can see my kitty. Well, I got baby chickens, and you got to see my little chickens. There's a mayor kitchen supper. Can I call you Aunt Monica? Mm -hmm. If you want to. What do you do when supper's over? We listen to you, usually. Then the children go to bed, and then I sit on the porch and think things out. When I go to bed, I want Aunt Monica to undress me. Well, I want her to hear me say my prayers when I go to bed. Too. I'm sorry, but that's out. Don't be so, so rough with them, Miss Raymond. Now I know why you were evasive when I asked you if you liked children. Go to the head of the class, Mr. Maxwell. All right, children, I'll hear your prayers. But you're big enough to undress yourself. In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back. Do you know when the first presidential nominating meeting was held? In September 1812, all the congressmen of the Democratic-Republican Party met in New York to pick a president and vice president. James Madison was selected to run for a second term as president, and Elbridge Gerry was named for the vice presidency. In the election that followed, both men defeated the Federalist candidate for office. This meeting in New York, which has been called the first presidential convention in America, added another page to your political history. And now back to our story with Betty Davis. 
So Monica heard the children say their prayers, and then she told them one of her special stories and recited one of her special poems. And finally they were asleep and she went down to the porch and Dennis rose from his chair and... You've been away a long time, Miss Raymond. Putting your kids to bed was hard work. Are you laughing up your sleeve at them or do you just plain hate them? My sleeve's only a wisp of loyal. It wouldn't hold a very big laugh. And I'm too lazy to hate people. Your arms are pretty, but they're not the sort that could learn to cuddle a child. Your voice, your stories and poems, they completely fooled us. Well, I'm off to bed, Miss Raymond. Big day tomorrow. I hope you sleep well. Maxwell was up and out of the house long before Monica opened her eyes. So she had breakfast with the children hanging over her, and then she was taken on a tour of inspection. Daddy, give me more toys, I'll show you my kitty yet. No, no, I want to show her my kitten. All right, just a minute. I'll see the kitten first because that's the girl. She has priorities. My kitten's great, and she has blue eyes, Aunt Monica. Such a meringue. Well, it's that, uh, that flimsy stuff they put on top of lemon pie. You know, it's white with eggs and sugar all beaten up into a stiff sauce. Why do you ask? Daddy was talking to himself this morning. Oh? Well, yes, and you were like Frank. I think Daddy's sort of disappointed because you haven't got white here. But you have got a sweet smile. When you smile. <laughs> Maxwell was remote at noon dinner, so Monica was equally remote. But it took some doing, because the kids had fallen for her heart, and she was mad about them, and, well, almost mad about their father. A week went by, and she tried to act sophisticated, to wisecrack and be bristle, for if I let go, she told herself, I'm licked. I lay myself wide open to be hurt again. Things reached a climax when Jackie ran to meet his father one night and fell in the gravel path and got up screaming. Honey, Monica, come quick. Jackie. Oh, give the herd blade and make her well. Oh, Jackie. Give the herd blade, please. Now get up and, and don't be such a baby. Only sissies cry. Miss Raymond, haven't you any human sympathy? Come with me, Jackie. I'll put peroxide on your knees. You'd better go with your father, Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. Come on, stop crying. Come along with me, son. Can you understand Monica's attitude? Dennis Maxwell couldn't, but I can't. If she'd kissed that banged-up knee, if she'd held Jackie in her arms, all her resolution would have gone out the window. That night after supper, when Beth and Jackie were in bed and asleep, and Dennis spoke abruptly, she wasn't surprised. You look like an angel on the Christmas tree, Miss Raymond, but you're as hard as nails. Yes, aren't I? Nice, shiny nails. Children's mother was gentle and kind, I... 
I told myself that I owed it to them to fill the place she left vacant. Always thinking of the children, aren't you? Never of yourself. A man has a right to consider himself, and well, then again, he hasn't. When I first saw you, I thought... Miss Raymond, you'd better go back to the city tomorrow morning. Yes, I'd better. Can you take time out to drive me to the depot? I can arrange to take time out. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll go to bed. So Dennis vanished, and Monica made her way upstairs and started to pack. But all at once, as if drawn by an invisible magnet, she went tiptoeing across the hall and into the children's room and knelt between their beds. And suddenly, she was praying. Oh, God. That's very hard for me. Beautiful. That's why I want to come in and who's untouched. Who loves me as much as I do. Oh, there you are, Aunt Monica. Jackie. Does your knee hurt very badly? No, it don't hurt one bit. You want to kiss it, didn't you? Yes, Jackie, I did. So terribly much. I know. And so did Beth. But Daddy didn't know. Well, you're smarter than he is. Jackie, I'm going away tomorrow. Well, why are you going to leave us when you love us? I can't answer that. Maybe I can. It was a dope not to understand. What are you doing here? listening. Children are queer, but even so, they're able to see into hearts when grown-ups can't. Why did you put on the act? What? To fool you. But there were are a couple of other reasons. Kiss me goodnight, Aunt Monica. Good night, Jackie. Kiss back goodnight, too. Yes, darling, I will. Good night, both of you. Good night, darling. And now you'll come down to the porch with me and explain. Well, it may take me quite a while to explain. Dennis, there's a swell guy and a little baby up in heaven. And maybe your children's mother's there, too. And maybe she's holding my baby close right now. Just as I'll be holding her children close. her children on earth. It's heartwarming and deeply comforting to feel that they may get together in that place beyond the sunset. Perhaps Monica Raymond was guided to the Maxwell Farm by a divine providence. And perhaps the constant phone calls from Mickey Truesdale 
were just an instrument in that direction. And now here is Betty Davis to tell you more about Mickey Truesdale. Michael, Mickey for short, Truesdale, asked Monica Raymond to dine with him and to spend a weekend at the beach in his cottage. He got a decisive brush-off for his pain. But Monica wasn't the only girl to whom Mickey gave invitations, sometimes presents, and he didn't always get a brush-off. I'll tell you about a Red Riding Hood who accepted the wolf's invitation with dire results. Until then, this is Betty Davis saying goodbye from the whist Today's program was written by Margaret E. Sangster. Featured in the cast were Lillian Bias, Barney Phillips, Charlotte Lawrence, Gigi Pearson, and Kathy Garver. Whispering Streets was directed by Gordon T. Hughes and produced by Ted Lloyd. Your announcer is George Walsh. Whispering Streets has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.